Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome everybody to the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I know today was one of the days that everybody is thinking, should I go? Should I not go? Um, If I don't go, I have a good excuse not to go to church. But for us to have that courage and believe in our God and come here today, we want to say God bless everybody. Um, One thing that we know is that we have a God that is able. We have a God that is bigger than any sickness or any disease. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to bless you. We want to honor you for such a moment and time like this that, Father, you have gathered us together before thee in one accord. Lord, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus, submitting our spirit, soul, and body into your hands. And we are asking, O God, that you shall have your way in the midst of us, O God. Let your mighty name be exalted and be lifted, O God. Let every heart of stone be broken, O God, and give unto us the heart of flesh, O Lord. Father, we are asking that, Lord, not any will of man will prevail over you, O God, but, Father, only your will be established and prevail today. Father, be lifted and be exalted. I'm just a vessel. Take me aside and speak your word. Father, deliver your word in the power and in your mind. And Lord, speak what you want your church to hear. Speak what will move your church. Speak what will transform your church in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you. We honor you. We exalt you today and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name that we have prayed. Amen. 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 I want to thank the Lord for such a day like this. Um, I think we can all see that our pastor is not here. He's not home. He's not scared because of the virus. Uh, um, Don't go home and say, "Mm, even the pastor was scared. He didn't show up today in church. Uh, Pastor is on a journey. He's on an assignment. He's in the uh, branch in Lynchburg. Amen. He's ministering over there. Amen. So he's not here, but his spirit is in our midst. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for the leadership, and I want to thank God for everybody for today, being here today. Last week, the Lord took us on a journey. He took us on a very powerful journey. And uh, we are just going to continue the journey. But for those of us who were not here last week, like me, We want to just go back a little bit, take a step back, and see what God actually taught us last week. And if we can understand what God taught us last week, then we can be able to build. Amen. I don't want us to be lost and be like, what is he talking about? I believe that this series and this time that God is teaching us about obedience is so important Because we can run to God for everything, but when God comes to us, we run away because we do not want to obey him. But when things go the way that we don't, we do not expect it, we run back to God. So what is this concept of obedience in our worship? What is this concept when it comes to our worship that God wants us to know? Amen. 
Last week, before we went on earth to do anything, God took us back. That before we can even understand what it means to obey, we have to understand who he is. Before we can understand who to even obey, why we have to obey, what is it about him that we have to obey, we have to know about his personality. We have to know about his being. We have to know about what he carries. The whole world is in a shake this day. The whole world is in chaos this day. And this is the only day and this is the only season and time that everybody in the whole world speaks one language. Coronavirus. I'm sorry for bringing that up. This is the only time that a president can stand and declare that my nation needs prayer. But who is this God that we are talking about? How superior is this God? We understood that the sovereignty of God is the absolute is to understand that God is the absolute ruler over this world and everything that dwells in this world. There is nothing that happens outside the knowledge of God. There is nothing that happens outside the wisdom of God. Everything that happens in here passes through him, goes through him. We understood that he is the creator of this universe. We understood that the Bible said the earth is of the Lord and the fullness thereof and the earth, the earth and everything that dwells in it is of God. We understood how superior, how powerful this God is. But yet, he chose you and I to worship him. God could have chosen any of his creation to worship I chose you and I, not because we are superior than any other creation, not because we have, we, we, we are above all the creation, but because in his own wisdom he chose us. He said, if men refuse to worship, I will call upon rock and stone and they will worship me. We understood that if we understand how powerful God is, we stay humble because we are nobody, we are nothing without him. We understood that if you understand the greatness of God, obedience does not become a responsibility, but it becomes an honor. If you understood how superior this God is, obedience becomes an honor. The Father, I want to come to you to obey. God also taught us that the moment pride resides in our, in our being, we have forsaken his, his greatness. He is so superior that pride cannot have his way in us. So everything that goes through us, everything that we receive on this earth is through him. Hallelujah. This is all last week. Then we came back. That what is this obedience? 
And we understood that the only way of worship is obedience. Outside of obedience, there is no worship. Outside of obedience, there is no worship. Then what is this obedience that we are talking about? Then we came up with a definition that obedience is to do what God says do it. When he says do and how he says do it. Obedience is to do what God says do it. There is no compromise. You cannot compromise when it comes to the instruction of God. How he says do it and when he says do it. We understood that the will of man is not the will of God. So when an instruction of God comes, we can't sit down and have a talk. So obedience is to do what God says do. How he says do it. And when he says do it. How he says do it. God gave Moses instruction. He said when you go, speak to the rock. And water will come out of the rock. When he went, boom, he he hit the rock. Water came out, but yet God said he has disobeyed him. So obedience is to do what God says do it. How he says do it. And when he says do it. And we understood that the when is not putting God at the back seat, but putting him in front of the seat. When to do, when, when it comes to when, it's when you get rid of everything and tell God that God, you are my priority. It's not when we search for everything, seek after everything, things of this world and put God at the back of it. Because we think we have excuses and we think we, we, can, we, we can say things that will prevent us from, disobe- from obeying God. When it comes to obedience, there is no excuse. What God has said, he's not going to change it because we don't have time. Amen. So this is all last week. Now for the next 15 minutes that I have, let's continue. There are two types of obedience. There are two types of obedience. And one of it, the first type, is when you are forced to obey. Those of us whose parents are in Africa, who, who was brought up from Africa, in my home we had an instruction that when you go out, no matter how hungry you are, when somebody offers you food, you don't eat. And when you are from a rich family, it's okay. That rules that it's just okay. But when you are from where I am from, that you can barely afford a two square meal, it becomes a problem. I remember a time that I went out with my mom and somebody offered us food. I was hungry inside, and all that I keep doing is to look, look at my mom. I keep I'm I'm just the person is offering me food from this direction, but I'm here looking at her. Should I eat it? Should I take it or not? And she's nodding her head. Take it, take it. But I know in the heart, it's rejected, rejected. Because the moment you accept that food and you get home, (laughs) it's a different, it will be a different story altogether. But that is not the obedience that God is talking about over here. That is not what God is saying that when we we disobey him, we obey because when we disobey God, God will punish us. 
That is some of us, our mentality, that when God speaks and you disobey, he will punish you, so I have to obey. The obedience that God is teaching us about is the obedience that comes out of a place of love. The obedience that you are willing, you are yearning. Nobody has to tell you, you will do it because it's coming out of love. The place of love, without love, there is no true obedience. You can comply because of the consequences. But that is not true obedience. We know we have to show up to work. We know we have to do what is expected of us. Because we know if we don't, we will get rid, they will get rid of us. But the obedience of God comes from the place of love. The place that you understand that ah, without this God, I have nothing. Without this God, I am nobody. Without this God, nothing, nothing in this world can be made without this God. I am desiring, when you get on your knee, Father, I am desiring to obey you. Not when the instruction comes and you are giving excuses about work. You are desiring, you have no peace when God speaks and you've not acted. That is the place of obedience. The place of worship that God is talking about. Now, I know we have not read any scripture yet, but it's still the word of God. We will get there. Hallelujah. Now, just two things. Actually, three, and we'll be done with this series. Yeah, the series of obedience. Until somebody pick it from there. My series, I was given two weeks. This is my second week. So please bear with me. Why do we disobey? If we know how great this God is, if we know that our act of faith, the faith that God is talking about, the works that comes from the faith is our place of obedience, then why do we disobey? Why? Now we know how great this God is. Now we know that we are nobody, nobody. We are nobody without him. So why do we disobey? Then our first scripture will come in. John chapter 14, verses 15. I know we cannot quote those, uh, those, uh, that scripture offhand. So. Oh, sorry, John 14, 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. So the first reason why we disobey God is because we don't love him enough. And that should be big when it comes to us. That this supreme God, this God that gave himself to us, we disobey him not because we of anything, but because we don't love him enough. But Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave himself to us. So if he has given himself to us, 
then we walk in disobedience because we do not love him enough. Understand that it's not because we don't love him, but because we don't love him enough. What we do is this. We choose what we want to obey and we choose what we want to disobey. Bible said, if you love me, if you love me, this place of worship, if you love me, you keep what? My command, not part of the command. You keep the whole command. You keep the whole command. That should shake us. For God to tell us that you don't love me enough. You don't love me enough. But I love you so much that I gave myself to you. I love you so much that after creating everything, I put you as the one who is in charge of everything. We don't love God enough. Let that sit in your spirit for a little bit. Let that sit in there. Father, you have given me some instructions that I did not do because I don't love you enough. I don't trust you enough that even you can even save me I don't even trust you that you can even take me out of this. So I did not just do it because I don't trust you. I don't love you. Let this reside in your spirit. If you love me, you keep my commandment. If you love me, whatever I tell you, you will do it. First John chapter 2 verses 3 to 6 says this. Now by this we know that we, we know him. If we keep his commandment, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandment is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Who is the truth? Jesus. So you did not just lie, but Christ is not in you. But whoever keep his word, truly, whoever keep his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, by this, we know that we are in him. By what? By obeying him, we know that we are in him. By being adherent to his words, we know that why? We are in him. We are in him. If I have to end here, I will end here. Knowing that if we disobey, it's a first sign of betrayal of our love to Jesus. It's big. I just want us to assess our life. Just ask ourselves, where we are right now, are we in a place that truly he is in us? Are we in a place that truly Christ is in us? If we are there, that is the worship that he's talking about. The songs and everything is okay, but if you do not keep his command, you are wasting time and energy. And Minister Roslav will tell you that you are just exercising. If you don't keep him, his word, you have not shown anything in your Christianity that proves that you love Jesus. You can, remember, we can fake men, but we can't fake God. 
You can make it look good when you come to church, but when you are not there, God is in your heart. The only way, the only way of our worship to show that we truly love God and Christ is in us is the place of obedience. But if I am to ask today that, let me just throw this there. How many of us pay tithes? I know because pastor said this, that 40% of the church pay tithes. But if you understand the sovereignty of God, paying tithes becomes an honor. If you understand the sovereignty of God, you will not be begged that we need cleanness here. We need this here. You will run and search for something to do for God. Your obedience. Number two, and I'll be done. It's justification. Justification. The second reason why we disobey God is because we find every reason to disobey God. Justification is very huge when it comes to us. Let me give us some examples. Numbers chapter 20, verses 8 to 11. I already said it. When God gave Moses instruction to speak the word to the, to the stone, he hit the, he hit the rock with a stick. And what he said, Bible said that he was upset with the people. We are, some of us are upset about things around, about people around. Everything that is an excuse to, to disobey, that is not. People will forsake you. That does not mean you should disobey God. People will say some words that you don't want to hear. You are still a child of God regardless. So you stand your grounds. Let's go to another reason. In the book of First Samuel, chapter 15, verses 8. When the people of God were going to face the Philistines, right? And Bible said the, pri the, the priest, which is Samuel, he's the one who has the right to do the sacrifice. Bible said, and Saul said this. He said, I waited and waited and waited. The time that you gave me, I waited, you did not show up. So I went ahead and did a sacrifice. When you have waited upon the Lord for long, and it seems that God has not shown up, it's still, it's still not an excuse to disobey. It's still not an excuse to take the law into your hands and do what you think is right. He waited and waited and waited and waited, and the prophet never showed up. When the prophet showed up, he had already sacrificed. And he said, because you, you have disobeyed God, the kingship will not reign forever, in your house forever. That is the second point. So your emotions cannot cause you to disobey. When you have waited and nothing has happened, it can cause you to disobey. Now, let's go to Joseph and Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. When Potiphar's wife came to Joseph, asking Joseph to sleep with him, don't we think it's a good reason for Joseph to, 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 to just sleep with him? This is a boy that God gave a vision. Out of that vision, his own brothers, it's one thing when the world forsakes you. It's another thing when your own family forsakes you. 
his own brothers sold him into slavery. Now he has come to the place that he's a little comfortable. And this woman comes in understand that if, if Joseph could have just did that, he would have, a, even though he had influence, he would have a greater influence in Potiphar's house. Because the wife of Potiphar would have always loved Joseph. But even with that, it wasn't an excuse to disobey his God. Bible said, and Saul was seeking for David to kill him. And one day, David and two of his mighty men were hiding in a cave. And who is there? Who came in there? Saul. The, 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 the mighty man said, David, the Lord has given your enemy to, in your hands. Listen to what they said. The Lord has given your enemy in your hands. It's time to kill him. But David understood something. That touch not my anointed nor cause my prophet no harm. Would that not be a good excuse for David to kill Saul? Because Saul was looking for David to kill him. Even when it seems like everybody is after you, seeking for you to kill you, it's still not an excuse to disobey our God. It's still not. Now, finally, God said this to me. He said, the, the, the blessings of obedience, right? God summarized everything for me. He said, your greatness... Your greatness. How great you want to be on this earth is bound in your obedience to God. Everything that you want to achieve in this life, how far you want to get to in this life, is all bound in your place of obedience. Understand that the earth is of the Lord and the fullness thereof. The earth and everything that dwells in it is of the Lord. So the moment you take God out of the equation, you are nothing and you can't go nowhere. It is only the word of God that stands. Your place of, of worship, when it, your place of worship is the place of total obedience. The place of total submission under the authority of God. The place, Paul said, and I die every day. What he says is that every day my flesh submits to the authority of God. So when it comes to Paul, Paul has no choice than to walk with God. How far do you want to go with God? There is nothing that God gave us when it comes to obedience that we can use as, as an excuse. There is nothing. What he has said concerning your life, he's the only God that can accomplish it. Then, if you want, if you trust in him, you obey him. The place of obedience when it comes to our worship is the place of total submission under the authority of God and telling God that even though I don't know what you are doing, I'm still obedience. The obedience of God will never make sense in the sight of men. But if you, are, if you walk in that obedience, I wonder why God did not provide the lamp before telling Abraham that go and sacrifice your son. But understand that 
At the very end of it, when Abraham's obedience has come to the fullness and has come to conclusion, God said, now I know that you really love me. The man that has moved from his father's house and go to place that God will have sent him, the man that has walked with God, the place that he was totally, he, he totally gave up himself because Isaac was the only one who was eligible to inherit Abraham's throne. God said, if you are able to give that very thing that is so dear to your heart to me, then I will take you far. What is, what is it in our hearts, in our life, that we are holding on supreme than God? Need us to search in our hearts. For just two minutes, the preaching is over. With all our hearts, all our head bowed. Just search in your life. What is it that I have hold? It may be our education. 